Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This week we are talking about something that I am so passionate about, identity. I love the topic of identity. It's really the overarching message of She Rises. And no matter um, what event I'm hosting or book I'm writing or interview I'm conducting or maybe being interviewed for someone else's show, I always come back to this one um, overarching message of identity. And I think it's because, you know, the Lord has done such a deep, powerful, transforming work in me in this area of identity because I came to faith in Christ in my early 20s. And by the time I, you know, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I had gone through a lot of a lot of things and I had done a lot of things that I can't undo. I've said a lot of things that I can't take back and and regret. And, you know, I've been a lot of places that I have no business, had no business being. And, you know, a lot of things been done to me that nobody deserves to have done to them. And, and, and so when I came to faith and accepted Jesus, I was a broken person. I was carrying a lot of pain. I had been believing a lot of lies up until that point and just really had lived a lot of life, even by my early twenties. And so this deep work that the Lord has done in me in this area of identity and just really working out in me that I am everything he says I am, that I'm not what I've done in the past. I'm not my regrets. I'm not my mistakes. I'm not what other people think of me. I'm not, I'm not what people hold me to. In other words, like, like maybe if I go back home, for example, and somebody, sees me out at the store sometimes they will they will bring up something that they remember from you know me living in that area and it's it's really such a, a powerful yet beautiful thing to to see that even when those types of comments come up they don't take me they don't take me down a dead end road anymore and that is all just such a a Thanksgiving report to the Lord because of his deep work on the inside of me. You know, I remember years ago and going back home and I would meet somebody out at the store and they would bring up something and it would just snap me right back into that old self again. And I just always felt like I could never outrun my past. And, and I'm just so grateful that, you know, the Lord has has done such a transformative work in me in this area of identity. And I think that what he does in us, he then wants to do through us. And so I am impassioned about about people knowing the truth of who they are in Christ and and to to really walk from that truth, not not trying to 
negotiate it or allow people to bargain with them over their identity, you know, really living from that place of truth that, that yes, um, I have some things in my past. Yes. In many ways I have kind of a checkered past, but you know what? I'm not her anymore. And I, I'm not the bad choices that I've made. And my life is not resorted to that moment, that time, that season, that comment, that opinion, that, that regret or whatever the situation is. And so I, I'm just excited about this week's episode that you are everything God says you are. A few weeks ago, I spoke at a conference whose target audience is young adults. And I've been thinking a lot about that message because I think that we're living in a world with an identity crisis really in many different ways, not only just, you know, identity in Christ, but in many other ways. But I think that the the other the other areas that people are having an identity crisis in is because they first aren't deeply rooted and established in the truth of who they are in Christ, because everything begins and ends there. It has to begin there if we're going to see an an outflow of that into the other areas of our life. And truth has become, uh, in my opinion, a relative term. And it's sort of normal now to hear people say, I'll speak my truth and you speak yours and we might not agree and but this is my truth and that's your truth and so we'll just agree to disagree we'll meet in the middle and hopefully we'll be able to work this thing out but you know I think that the world has for so long looked to mainstream media pop culture hollywood to their feelings and really even to others for truth and i think that that has been around for several years it's not anything new but i really believe in the last few years it has really taken on a whole new level i mean this has been just just taken on a whole new depth a whole new it's just become this this bigger thing in the lives of people. Only truth isn't out there somewhere. Truth isn't a what. Truth is a who. And he has a name. His name is Jesus. Jesus said of himself in John's gospel, which is the fourth book of the New Testament, he said this of himself. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He said that about himself. And so that really reinforces what I just said a couple of minutes ago. It has to begin with Jesus. It has to begin with Jesus Christ. Everything begins and ends with him. And so if we aren't deeply rooted and firmly established in in that truth, Jesus, in in his truth and really knowing and, and, you know, fully embracing and just leaning into the truth of everything that he says he is about himself, then how can we how can we walk in the truth of who we are? Because we first have to believe that he is everything that he says that he is. You know, this summer, if you aren't aware, we have my husband, Tim and I, we have three just adorable little granddaughters. They're ages five, three and two. And let me tell you something. They are just the cutest little girls on the face of the planet. (laughs) 
(laughs) I often describe it as, you know, my heart has stretch marks to make room for the love that I have for these grandchildren. (laughs) And I am proud of those stretch marks. (laughs) Um, But my love just really expanded when I became, when I, when I became a grandma and my heart just stretched because I, it was filled with so much love for those grandchildren. And so Errol and Reese is five, Julia Brooke is three, and Eden Sophia is two. Well, they live a couple of hours away from us to the, I don't know, I'm not really good with directions, but like to the north maybe or to the west or something like that. Anyway, (laughs) um, two hours away from us. But we were up one, one day this summer and Julia, who is the middle one, so she's three, and she learned how to ride a bike this this summer, which she was so excited about. And, um, you know, her older sister, Erilyn, she's been riding her bike for a while. And so Julia, you know, one day we, Tim and I were up there babysitting and we decided to take them out. It was a gorgeous summer day and they have really nice, tra- uh, really nice trail system around their home. And so we decided to head out on the trail. Erilyn was on her bike. Julia, of course, was on her new bike. And I was pushing Eden in the stroller and Tim was kind of, you know, balancing <laughs> in between everybody. But, you know, Julia is really trying her hardest to keep up with big sister and trying to pedal her bike as fast as her little little legs will take her and but sometimes she you know she's looking off to the right or she's looking off to the left and so sometimes she falls off which is completely expected and normal right anytime a child is learning how to ride their bike and so um but this particular day I I was calling out to her because I could see like, oh, you know, I just um, want you to wait up for me and don't get too far ahead. And I was calling out to her, you know, Julia, wait up for grandma and stop and and grandma's coming and and wait. And so when I finally caught up to her, she (laughs) in her three year old little self, she said, Grandma, I'm not Julia. I'm Lightning McQueen. She proceeded to tell me in her own little three-year-old self that that's who she wanted me to refer to her as. And, you know, it got, it got to, uh, it got me thinking and, and really I, I know that it was the Lord. He's been doing a lot of practical type teaching and lessons in my life this summer through the lives and observation of my grandkids. But isn't it like the Lord to use a three-year-old to innocently yet powerfully teach us something about identity? While we aren't referring to ourselves as Lightning McQueen, well, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Maybe you are. But I know that I am not going around um, telling people to refer to me as Lightning McQueen, but there are names that we should be answering to. And and the Lord just said to me, Susan, there are there are names that my people should be answering to. In other words, their identity in me. Those are the names that my people should be answering to. And you know, when we look at the when we look at the gospels and Jesus's earthly ministry, we can see that identity was a big deal to him. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 15, he's having a a conversation with one of his disciples, Peter. And he asked Peter, who do people say that I am? And he answers, rightfully so. And then Jesus sort of turns the corner and really personalizes the, the same question. And he directs it to Peter. And he says, who do you say? 
that I am. Peter, I know about all these other people, but I want to hear, I want to know who do you say that I am? And Peter, he answered rightfully so. But you know, Jesus wasn't seeking a compliment. He wasn't asking a trick question or somehow confused about who he was. He was making a point about identity. Because like I said in the beginning of of this week's episode, everything that we are, our identity in him begins first with who Jesus is. And it's important to establish that he is everything that he says he is. And because he is everything that he is first, then you and I can live from the truth that we are everything that he says that we are. And then in Matthew's gospel, chapter four, we read of how the enemy was tempting Jesus and the enemy is Satan here. So he is our enemy. And he uses phrase like phrases like um, when he was tempting Jesus, if you are or if you will. And and really, when you when you read that passage of scripture where where the devil is is tempting Jesus, he was baiting Jesus and tempting him to believe something or do something something or confess something in in three different areas he was he was baiting Jesus in his position in his identity and in his authority so powerful right there and and it really begs the question then why was the devil baiting him in that way i say that it was because the devil had a lot to gain if he could get Jesus to take the bait only what he was baiting Jesus with, Jesus already had. He already had all power and all authority. And that same bait that the devil tempts you and I in is familiar to us. He tempts us with with phrases like, if you are, or if you will. And it, it kind of sounds a little bit different to you and I, but really the bait is, is the same. But it kind of sounds sometimes like this. Are you really accepted? Are you really forgiven? Are you really a daughter of the king? Are you really called and set apart? Are you really chosen? Has he really chosen you? Has he really accepted you? Are you sure that that one thing has been forgiven? Yeah, maybe he has forgiven these other things, but that thing, that trumps the other things that you've done. And are you sure that that can be forgiven? If you had this or that, then you would be. We have to be wise then and sort of step back and ask ourselves, why is he baiting us? Why does he bait me? Why does he bait you? Because he has a lot to gain if you and I aren't fully secure in first to whom we belong, that we are a beloved child of God, and then who we are in him. Your identity, hear me now, your identity is positional. It is not emotional. Let me repeat that. Your identity is positional. It is not emotional. In other words, it isn't about or attached to your feelings. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ and what he has already provided 
for you. He's already provided your identity. He's already given it to you. It's already been bought and completely paid for. And your identity is not uh, should not be attached to to anything on this side of heaven and that's where the enemy begins to bait us and 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 he wants us to believe that if we had this or we could do this that or the other thing then then we would we would be finally rooted and established we would feel more secure we'd feel better about ourselves only our identity cannot be found in any title or role or position it's not found in your marital status how educated you are how much money you have in your bank account. It has nothing to do with, with an age or a station of life or like your outward appearance or opinions or anything on this side of heaven. And, and here's the thing, the clutch, if you will, the, the clincher, if you will, if we get this confused and we take the bait and we're trying to find our identity in those different things, anything on this side of heaven is subject to change. And so if and when those things change, which is a part of life, those areas in our life, they often change, don't we? Don't they? You've probably experienced some of those changes in your own life. I know that I have. But if our identity, if we have found our identity and wanted to be secure in our identity in those different areas, when those areas change, then so does our security and our identity. And that's why Jesus is saying, don't place your identity in anything on this side of heaven. Get to know me and who I am and then who you are in me because I am the one who changes not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because I never change my opinion and my thoughts about you, about your life, and about your future, your identity in me, that never changes. And now that is some really, not just good news, that is great news. Amen. But in Ephesians chapter two, verses five through ten, and and if you if you weren't aware, the book of Ephesians is a really great book. the The first, uh, I believe, first three chapters are are a really great area of the Bible to begin to discover your identity in Christ. And then the last half of Ephesians talks about the the position that the church has that that God has given um, given to the church. But I don't have time to read all of those verses in chapter two, verses five through 10. But I want to point out verse six here. It says that Christ has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Don't miss that. You, and that just really reinforces what I just said, that your identity is positional. It's positional. You have been, you've been raised up and seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I love that. I love that. You know, in, in Mark's gospel, chapter 10, there's a story of a of a blind man named Bartimaeus. And uh, I'm just going to read a, a few of the verses here about his story. And you can look it up in your own personal study and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to maybe give you some prophetic insight or revelational insight into this passage of scripture. But I, I think that the Lord has really just... Just given me something that's so powerful and transforming in this area of our identity through the story of Bartimaeus. So in Mark's gospel, chapter 10, and starting in verse 46, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with, with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. 
And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then they warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, he is right. He is calling you. And in verse 50, throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Wow. I mean, pause. I mean, Selah, let's just like pause and think about these passages of scripture for like the next 100 years, because these um, short verses are just, they're like busting at the seam with so many applications that we can apply to our faith. Number one, we see that faith has ears, faith has a voice, faith has action, faith has eyes. But I want to circle back to verse 50. Throwing aside his garment, he rose to meet Jesus. It's so important for us to understand this piece of Bartimaeus' story because it wasn't merely just an another article of clothing. We are talking about more than removing his sweater because it was a warm day. In this man's culture, in, in the in the culture, the, the the time that Bartimaeus was living, blind people had no way to support themselves financially. So they were given permission to beg and receive alms. They were defined by what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? They were defined by what they wore. The cloaks that blind people wore were long sleeveless pieces of clothing. And when they sat along the road to beg, they would most likely spread the garment out as to catch coins tossed their way. So if you can kind of picture this in your mind, if you were sitting on the floor, you know how we kind of cross our legs and then we sort of have this opening in our lap? Well, the garment spread out across the lap and that opening in the legs would kind of create like a little pouch, if you will. And so spreading it out this way would help them from having to feel the ground for coins that were, you know, kind of thrown their way. People would aim for that area in their lap. When Jesus called to him, Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, the very thing that was defining him. We see in this man, Bartimaeus, a man who was so determined to not allow anything or any way, anyone to stand in his way from rising up. He threw it off without abandon. I mean, without hesitation, without, without considering or giving it thought, he just threw it off. And so when we, when we see this, it really causes just us, us to pause and say, Wow, what was he throwing off? Because this was like a, a, a mile marker in his faith. This was a, a declarative statement that he was making. And what was he, what was he declaring? I say that he was throwing off his old way of life. 
He was throwing off any fear, a fear, um, fear mindset that he had, that he had sort of taken on or a lack mindset. He was throwing off doubts that he maybe had about himself or about his life or about his future. He was throwing off the opinions that maybe he had about himself or that other people had verbally communicated to him, whether it be in conversation or even passing by, or maybe, maybe he even heard people talking about him just kind of in earshot. We don't think that the people had opinions of him. Man, we would be fooling ourselves. He was throwing off his very comfort zone. And even more, I I just wholeheartedly believe that Bartimaeus was done being defined as a beggar. It was as if he was saying, that is not who I am. That is not who I am. And you know, I would say to you, sister, today, I would say to you today that, you know, we might not be blind people sitting alongside the road and, you know, having Jesus pass us alongside the road. And so we might not be calling out to Jesus that way. But, you know, I I really wonder how many of us listening today in your prayer closet or in your prayer time or maybe during worship or, you know, just in some kind of quiet time with the Lord, you've been crying out to him. Tell me who I am in you, Lord. Come and write upon my heart and tell me the truth. Help me, set me free from from the things, the lies that I have been believing. And I believe that Jesus would say over you today, remember who you are. Remember what I have provided for you. Remember the position and the authority that I have given to you. Remember Remember who you are. Remember the thoughts that I think about you, about your life and about your future. And I, I believe today, I believe that today that the, that the Lord would say, you are not what you've done or what's been done to you. You are not your regrets. You are not your mistakes. You, sister, are not your failures. You are not your diagnosis. Come on, somebody. Somebody, you you feel like you're maybe somebody listening today, you're 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 wearing your diagnosis. You you've been diagnosed with something and 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 it just has felt like heavy and, and you just kind of have sat down underneath the weight of it and discouragement and disappointment has has just sort of been like a like a a, a heavy blanket that's been over you. And I think that I think that the Lord is saying today, you that, that you are wearing something that is not meant for you. And you are not your diagnosis. You're not what's been done to you. You've not what you have done. You're not your regrets and your mistakes, your failures. You're not your bank account. <laughs> You are not your education. You are not your title. You are not your position or your lack thereof. You are everything that God says you are. And so let me ask you, sister, let me ask you today, is there something that you have been wearing that isn't meant for you? What do you need to throw off today? What is Jesus in admonishing you, throw it off? You're wearing a lie. You're wearing, um, you're wearing somebody else's opinion, but that's not my opinion of you. And my opinion is the truth on any matter. You're wearing something that you failure or a mistake. You maybe stepped out and it didn't go the way that you thought that it would go. And, and so now you're wearing that as your identity. Listen, that is not how God sees you. That because you are not your mistakes, you're not your failure. Listen, there's a difference between identifying 
identifying with something and our identity. Identifying with something allows us to speak into the life of someone else through our own experiences and be able to offer life and speak life and truth and hope into their lives and into their situation because we we can identify with a similar experience in our own lives. But the the thing that, that happens when we don't keep those two things separate, identifying and identif and identity, those things get blurred when we when we begin to take on our identity is our experience or what we've done or what's been done to us or a life situation. Listen, our experiences, the things that we go through, the things that we experience in this life allows us to identify with other people who are in similar situations. And God, because he has done something in us, he allows us then to, to speak into that situation, hope and life and truth, but it's not our identity. And some, some of us, we, we get those lines blurred and man, I, I just, I just want to encourage you today that you are not your experiences. You are not the, the situation that you are walking through right now. Maybe you're listening today and you're really going through it and life has been really challenging and you feel like you've been, you've been walking in a valley and you've been in that valley for a really long time. Maybe you feel like life has just been just challenging. It's just been one thing after another and, and you feel like maybe you've lost your footing or can't find hope anymore. You can't find the light at the end of the tunnel and you're Maybe your faith is getting a little weary. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that your destiny is not found in your past. Your destiny is ahead of you. And I know that life might be hard right now, but God is good and he does good. And what you are experiencing and what you are going through is not who you are. You can identify with that, but that is not your identity and your destiny is in your future, is ahead of you. Your past is not your destiny. God is moving us forward. God is always, always championing us forward and spurring us on to reach higher in our faith and to, to believe him for more and to pray big and to, to, to take risk and to believe. And, and even in our moments of, of doubting and and feeling like our maybe our faith is is a little worn out and a little tattered. You know what? We can go to God and we can say, I feel a little worn out and my faith feels a little broken and a little weak and a little tattered. But you know, you know, Jesus, I believe that he would encourage you with this. And he says this in the gospels. He says, even the even faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Come on, somebody. And so if you feel like today your faith is small, you know what God is saying to you today? I can still work with that. I can still work with that. You don't have to have a, a big evergreen type of faith right now. Listen, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, Jesus is saying to you today, man, this wasn't even in my notes, so I don't know who needed to hear this today. So I, I just pray that you would receive this as from the Lord, that he is saying to you, 
I can still work with that. And that faith, even the size of a mustard seed, can still move mountains. And I and so I just wanna I wanna just speak shame off of you. I wanna it just in the spirit, uh, I'm calling shame off of you. I'm throwing shame off of you. I'm throwing discouragement off of you, just like Bartimaeus throwing off his cloak. I'm throwing off discouragement in the spirit. I'm just praying that over you and and just casting off discouragement and disappointment and disillusionment. I'm I'm just throwing off fear and lack and anything else that 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 has just sort of been on you, that has sort of gotten on you and been weighing you down, and that you would begin to feel just a newfound freedom right now as some of those things are being lifted off of you. Galatians chapter five and verse one says that it is for freedom that Christ came to set us free. And it is his heart for you that you live from a place of freedom. Free is part of your identity in Christ. You you can live from that truth that you are free, that you are free. Yes, you might be going through challenges right now, but God's heart for you is that you live from that place of freedom. That is part of the identity that he has purchased and completely paid for, for you to live from that truth. And so I hope that this has been encouraging for you this week. This is, again, just a little bit of a of a message that I gave a, a few weeks ago that I felt I felt like the Lord wanted me to give it in this week's episode, just in part. It's not entirety of my message that I gave at that young adults conference, but I just feel like the Lord wanted to encourage someone with part of this message. And if that's you, I would love to hear from you because you know what? That's encouraging to me too. And so just know that I am praying for you and I am in your corner. I'm believing in you. I'm believing with you. I'm believing for you. And I am, I am just committed to to just believing that the Lord is at work in your life and that you are going to see the God of the breakthrough breaking through for you even this week. And even as you lay your faith, uh, lay hold of this week's message by faith, you you just wrap your faith around it. And I, I just really believe that the Lord is going to do something mighty and powerful and lift up the heavy yoke and the burden off of you this week because he does not want you wearing anything that is not meant for you. He has provided you and me. Part of your identity in Christ is the robe of righteousness. It is not his heart for you to be wearing anything other than who you are in Christ. And so if you even maybe feel like you've been wearing a mantle of shame and regret, Listen, that's not for you. You're wearing something that's not meant for you. God provided a way for you, and it is his heart that you wear the robe of righteousness. All right, I'm actually going to be dropping this the week of Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. And I just want you to know that that I'm grateful for you. And I just consider it such an honor that you would allow me to be a part of your week. And it's such an honor to be able to speak into your life. And so just know that I'm grateful for you. And no matter if you are listening here locally in the area that I live in the um, Twin Cities Metro here in Minnesota, or if you live in the 
the surrounding area here in Minnesota, another state, or even to the listeners that live in other countries, I'm grateful for you too. You might not be celebrating the traditional Thanksgiving holiday in the area that you live, but I just want you to know that I'm I'm giving gratitude and thanksgiving to you today as well. So love you, sister, and I will catch you right back here, same place, same location, right back here at the She Connects podcast. I love connecting with you in the online space. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week. 